Welcome to the Justin News Podcast. How's it going, guys? It is Wednesday. I'm recording this, and we just finished the second Super Tuesday of the election cycle, the second Super Tuesday of the year. And uh, if you if you missed what happened, um, I'm going to just get straight to uh, the point here. Mike Bloomberg did not take home American Samoa this time. So I'm sorry for, for Bloomberg fans out there. Uh, it was really just Joe Biden and, and Bernie Sanders going head to head. And, and then I think Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I have no idea what, to, where, I don't even know where Tulsi Gabbard. I'm not sure if she still exists or not, but she's on the ballot. But Joe Biden... He had one hell of a night, winning Missouri, Michigan, Idaho, and the state that I currently reside in, and I love every every second of it. It's home to a, a lot of rednecks and more Waffle Houses than you could possibly imagine. Seriously, the number of Waffle Houses will blow your fucking mind. Uh, Mississippi. So Joe Biden, I think he he yeah he won Idaho. All, yeah, he won he won he wasn't even supposed to win Idaho. And currently, Washington State's too close to call. That was supposed to be a Bernie bastion. It's not. Unfortunately, Bernie just took home the <laughs> quite the consolation prize, North Dakota. Sorry, North Dakota fans. Um, I don't know. I think Mississippi may be even more of a prize than North Dakota. But, yeah, that's, that's the deal. Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. Whether you are listening to this podcast and you are a fan of Joe Biden or you voted for him or you were uh, feeling the burn and this sucks for you, Uh, whether you like it or not, Joe Biden is the man who we all have to get behind if we want Donald Trump, a.k.a. Satan's fluffer, to be defeated. Okay, you better be hopping on the Biden bus is what I'm saying. You better be feeling that Joe-mentum. Over the last week or so, I've kind of come to some realities on my own, and um, we'll see. We'll see how far I go, but I will say this. I will be knocking on doors. I will be phone canvassing. I'll be telling my friends, and uh, who knows? Maybe I'll be getting riding with Biden tattooed above my ass. We'll see. Seriously, though, if you felt, if you voted for Joe Biden because you felt he was the most electable well, you better make him electable, and you better fight like hell knocking on doors. It's not enough to just go out and vote. You need to push for this, and you need to be fighting for, uh, for old Joe. Uh, listen, Joe is not my first choice. He wasn't my first choice. Um, I still like him 80 times more than Bloomberg, um, but I don't live in American Samoa. so I was one of those who was, was trying to decide between Warren and Sanders. Um, but at this point, I got to jump on the, the Biden bandwagon to get Trump out of office. Um, like I said last week, I think it would be very advantageous for Biden if he went and he- went ahead and picked a VP like a Stacey Abrams. And when I say like a Stacey Abrams, I mean Stacey Abrams. Somebody who would fire up, I feel like, the entire Democratic Party, uh, including progressives, Obviously, uh, could help uh, women turn out, African Americans turn out, um, and and she she covers a key state, which is Georgia, and who knows that could even go blue. So, uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I think that is, is, is key. We'll see what happens. We'll see when Bernie decides to call it quits. Uh, but again, if you're out there, if you're listening to this, you, we all have to get on the Biden bus to some degree. Even if he goes with a boring ass, even if he goes with Tim Kaine, right? What if he calls up Tim Kaine from 2016? Some of you are like, who the fuck is Tim Kaine? If you Google him, he looks a lot like Howard Dean. I'm pretty sure Tim Kaine only fires up people looking to grow their retirement account. Point is, you got to support whoever it is because uh, Trump is, is insane. Now, if you are a progressive out there, here's, here's what I say to you. Don't give up the fight, all right? Don't give up the fight. Yes, fight for Joe, but also put pressure on him and the establishment to push for climate change action, to make progress when it comes to making sure everybody has Medicare, health care. Uh, reduce student loans, uh, climate change, I said that, but you get the point. Like All of these things, keep fighting for these things, keep pushing for them. This is, as we say in Mississippi, uh, you, can, you can walk and chew tobacco at the same time. You can support Biden, but also tell him, hey, you got you to you push for these liberal causes, for these progressive causes. Achieving these lofty but essential goals for the betterment of humanity and, and really to salvage human existence. It's a marathon, not a sprint. All right. All right. Sometimes you got to take base hits over home runs. Maybe just pick up a few yards on first down with a with like a, a pitch to the right side versus maybe trying to do a 65-yard fly route for a touchdown. I'm just really stretching for my sports analogies right now. My point is this. It's time we start unifying and unifying and unifying fast. Because Biden is, at this point, our only hope to take down Stalin's hot stone masseuse. With that said, guys, I hope you enjoy my interview with activist, writer, and Justin News executive producer Corey Hill, where we talk coronavirus and capitalism. How prepared are we? The answer... Not so much. Uh, also, I want to give a big shout out uh, to other folks who help make this podcast happen. Jake the Snake Craney, our fake sponsor spokesman. Mike Stocksdale, uh, a fine musician and a person who uh, is our sound engineer. The man who really makes this sound not as ghetto as it actually is. Uh, and, uh, and also Kristen Freeze, who helps out on social media. And uh, she will be joining us even more uh, on the podcast itself. Uh, she's a very funny person. And as always, thanks to you guys for listening. And, uh, and also my, uh, my dogs and my cats for not barking so much. This is a good episode. They didn't, they're, very, they're all passed out right now. Uh, they're, very, they're very adorable. Um, we've got three dogs, two cats. And, uh, oh, and by the way, in Mississippi, we don't, I don't even know if they say walking and chewing tobacco. I made that up, but it, it sounds about right. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoy the interview with Corey, and I will uh, see you at a Waffle House somewhere in Biloxi. Today's podcast is brought to you by Capital Grill, DC's wokest spot for flavor bombs that'll absolutely shred your digestive system. New dishes this month include the meat Buttigieg, a bucket of lean white meat chicken dunked in mayonnaise, 
the Grillanya, a freezing cold swordfish that was prepared using only intimidation and a pair of tongs, and the Bernie Clamders, a fiery clam dish topped with powdered ibuprofen that'll have you saying, Dear God, why? Capital Grill, truly ponderful. Can I get some quiet? Can I get some peace? The truth is getting buried in the babble. Could you shut the fuck up, please? Everyone is lying and we're destined to fail because nobody's been driving and we're getting off of the rails. Oh man, this is crazy. I got a little baby. I want to keep it cool, but the mercury is blazing. You stoke the fire and it's starting to swelter. But so today on the podcast, I'm talking to writer, shelter. activist, and Justin News podcast executive producer, Corey Hill. And we are talking coronavirus and capitalism. But first, before we get to that, I got to ask him about tarantulas fucking. Corey, tell us about tarantulas fucking. Well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to do the whole show about it. When the the male tarantula reaches sexual maturity at eight years of age, he grows a little hook uh, and emerges from his hole in the spring and then basically fucks uh, nonstop until it dies at eight years of age. But if you keep it in captivity and around away from female spiders, it lives to be 30. So I don't know what that means for all of us, but that's your tarantula fact for the day. That is, uh, I think it's a great way to, to try to lighten the mood around a subject that's, that's a little more serious. But before, just so people know, um, tarantulas fucking is basically all that Corey and I talk about when we're not talking about like politics and the coronavirus. So I just want to give people a little look into the behind the scenes of the Justin news podcast. So just to give them a little background there. It's that niche content. It really is. (laughs) Well, let's, let's get to coronavirus and, and capitalism and how these two things are related. I mean, uh, you know, before, before we came on air, um, you sent me an article. I was taking a, a little look-see on, um, through uh, Judd Legume, Legume, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but uh, he's got a website called Popular Info. Uh, you guys should check it out. Um, but but it was about how uh, Olive Garden and the folks at Darden who, who own and operate uh, Olive Garden don't allow for sick leave for a majority of their employees um, unless they're required to in the States. But like kind of how does that like what does that mean for the coronavirus how does that affect people i mean just because the olive garden doesn't you know do sick leave for their their employees why does that matter yeah i would i guess i'd say you could go beyond endless breadsticks and you know see that as a as a society we don't have you know mandatory sick leave we're unique in uh developed industrialized nations the world in terms of our social safety net and not in a good way um and that that means you know folks are going to work when they're sick and they and they are then you know complicating the fact that there aren't enough testing kits for the law but even even under conditions where this isn't happening because of that you know folks are spreading sickness uh because they're in these positions economically where they can't afford to miss out. I mean, I've been seeing a lot about how uh, this particular outbreak will disproportionately impact, you know, the working class and the poor, specifically for those reasons. You have the kind of job where you can work from home and it doesn't impact your pay, sure. But, uh, you know, the people driving the buses and the people working in restaurants don't have that option. Right, right. It reminds me a lot of like how climate change affects 
disproportionately poor people, right? Because, uh, you know, based on where they live and and a lot of factors, um, it kind of goes to to the heart of that. What they're doing in New York seems to be the most proactive, at least in in the states. Um, But like, do you think that's a a model for how other states and localities should should handle their business? I do. I mean, I think that we do have we have people uh, who are uh, you know experts in the field and spent their whole life you know studying the spread of disease and epidemiologists and people at the CDC. And I think the the main problem that we have in terms of what should I do and am I supposed to stay home? And you know, Seattle is saying you know you know the whole state of Washington no no more than two hundred fifty people in one place is again to go back to that. This would be a great time to have a, a set of government officials that you knew prioritized your public health above all else and that you get crystal clear information about what's happening and what to do. And I think that every decision that you make personally about, you know, where should I go or, you know, do things need to be shut down is filtered through this just incompetent clusterfuck of liars <laughs> and, and pieces of shit who are obfuscating you know, very intentionally, um, disinformation for their own just unbelievably greedy and uh, kind of like personally profitable ends. Right, right. I mean, I think it's one of those things where Trump thinks Trump thinks that he can just tweet tweet himself out of a pandemic, and uh, it doesn't seem to be yeah. the the case. Where do you think people should go? to get their information, to get more accurate information and, and being able to, to basically do what they can to stay, you know, to contain the coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, I think the CDC itself has a lot of great resources. And if you're going to the CDC website or, you know, following them on Twitter or social media, as opposed to being filtered through some secondhand source, you are going to get a lot of the nuts and bolts, you know, make sure you wash your hands. Um, you know, here's how far a sneeze travels. Here's, you know, what we do know and don't know. And I, I think that's obviously the best, uh, you know, way to get that is to take take it firsthand from the people who are are doing everything everything they can to get you the best information. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and one of the other things that I want to touch on with you is how this is affecting our current political cycle. Uh, obviously, yeah. it looks like. You know, Joe Biden's going to be the nominee from the Democratic Party. Um, but last night, both Bernie and Joe Biden did not hold rallies. Um, yeah. How do you see this impacting going forward in the next several months um, as hopefully the Democrats rally around Biden? They join the Biden bus. They they get their tramp stamps that say riding with Biden. I mean, no malarkey. No <laughs> okay. um, do you think this is gonna do you think this is gonna impact uh one party versus the other or i mean do you see the oh, yeah. any political ramifications yeah, I, mean, I, I think without getting too far down you know to the nitty-gritty mechanics of it i think what you're seeing interestingly with you know what people uh presage in this election cycle and pretty interestingly like huge swings in voter turnout is this feeling of like they want to feel like somebody's in charge who knows what they're doing and the coronavirus and trump's response to it even if you're a diehard trump supporter it's pretty difficult for you to sort of wiggle your brain around like 
thinking that you are personally at risk for something. You know, a lot of the other things might have felt abstract, and then you see this bungled response. So, I mean, I think it just sort of puts an, an added emphasis on, okay, well, you know, the Democrats are, are um, having really strong, you know, early indicators in terms of Senate races that they could probably potentially flip and, and turn out going up. And I think that this coronavirus is just sort of a, you know, additional exclamation point of people being like, Jesus Christ, you know, enough. That's the feeling you get more yeah. than anything else. Enough. It's enough. Yeah. What the fuck does a payroll tax do <laughs> in a pandemic? I mean, I mean to, to look at this and, and think Trump in that tiny little, you know, avaricious lizard brain at the stem of his skull that's still functioning isn't thinking like, oh, well, I can give my hotels a tax credit. Like, that's that's the only thing he's thought of. Uh, and it's, it's pretty grim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Two quick questions uh, before we, we, we go here. Uh, when do you think, h- how much of a ripple effect do you think this will have? How long do you think it will go on? Um, and when will we kind of put the coronavirus in, in the past? I don't know. I mean, I think that, again, it's like the, the too many unknowns in terms of how many people have been impacted. I mean, you see these sort of doubling, you know, one number comes out and then the next day it doubles. Uh, I'm not super familiar with kind of how these patterns of spread happen but i think the problem is it went you know so this story just came out that in washington you know the trump administration basically enacted uh you know a freeze on testing right they they said hey we we want to test these people and this the may you know gag them and said by all means you can't do that i mean that kind of thing means we don't know because we don't know how many people have it we don't know how you know how long it will take but i don't think it's i don't think it's gonna be two weeks from now we just oh hey wasn't that interesting i think we're still in the very early days of it and uh my last question for you uh, because you are <clears throat> kind of an expert on this uh can the coronavirus be transmitted through tarantulas um I'm going to say probably. So. <laughs> through the hooks? Through the hooks? Yeah, through the hooks. Uh, well, if that were the case, we should be worried because tarantulas, as I mentioned uh, on the portion of our long discussion prior to this call, are very wild. So, yeah. Uh, you know, out of an abundance of caution. Let the tarantulas be, I suppose. I like that. Uh, Corey, thanks so much uh, for for doing this and uh, talking about coronavirus and capitalism and how they relate. And uh, where can, lastly, where can people um, check you out on Twitter and social media and, and anywhere else? Sure. Uh, best places on Twitter, it's just at uh, News Seahill um, and pretty, pretty active on there. Yeah, yeah. He's like a he's like a male tarantula, folks. Very very active on uh, on Twitter. Um, dude, thanks so much for doing it. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hope you have a good one.